I don't know about you, but I find it interesting that some things in life can just take you back in time. There are some songs that can just, in an instant, take you back to a moment, whether it be five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 50 years ago, can take you back in time to that moment. Or maybe it's when you sit around the dinner table with your family and you're eating a particular meal, maybe lasagna or shepherd's pie or something like that, a pasta, whatever it is, and it takes you back to a moment years ago where you're sitting around with your family that you grew up with, your parents, and it's like, though, even though that you're not there, it feels like in that moment you can remember everything about it. And a little while ago, I was listening to some, uh, to some old school worship music. And by old school, I mean music that was released about 15 years ago. So probably some new worship music to some of us here. And uh, as that music was playing, I was taken back to a moment years ago, no, not years ago, but a couple of years ago, when I was a teenager, I was only 13 years old, or I was at a youth camp. Come on, who loves storm camp? Amen. And I was taken back to a moment at a, at a youth camp where the, when this particular song was playing, I remember being on my knees up the front and the preacher talking about giving everything to follow Jesus. And I remember being on my knees and just saying over and over again, Jesus, I give you my everything. And it was in this moment that I was listening to the song a little while ago that I just felt so overcome with the sense of, wow, Jesus, I do give you my everything. And I wonder here this morning if that's your prayer, if that's your attitude, if that's the way that you are living your life. Because in that moment, I decided that every part of my life would be submitted to Him. And when I was a, as a 13-year-old, I said, nothing would be out of your reach and nothing would be out of your domain. And who knows that that is a dangerous prayer to pray. And if you say as a 13-year-old, Jesus, I give you my everything, who knows that he's going to expect everything from you. And I know that in the last couple of years, it's been uh, just an amazing journey, but it's also been a constant every day reminder to me back then as a 13-year-old about what I'm doing today really is a product, not just being a pastor, being a Christian, being a believer, being a follower of Jesus is because I made the decision that all of us make when we give our lives to Him that everything truly is the only option when it comes to following Jesus. So Matthew 19, 16 to 22, if you've got your Bible on you, it says someone came to Jesus with this question. This someone was a rich young ruler. And Jesus said, uh, he said, teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Why ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there is only one who is good. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. Which one? The man asked. And Jesus replied, you must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. Love your neighbor as yourself. I've obeyed all of these commandments, the young man replied. What else must I do? And Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad, for he had, had many possessions. In the message translation, or the message version, it says it like this. From verse 21, if you want to give it all you've got, Jesus replied, go sell your possessions. Give everything to the poor, all your wealth, 
will then be in heaven. Then come, follow me. That was the last thing the young man expected to hear. And so crestfallen, he walked away. He was holding on tight to a lot of things, and he couldn't bear to let it go. And the question that Jesus had for this rich young man is the same question that I want all of us to really answer and take a moment with over the next 25 minutes is to ask ourselves this question, what are you not willing to let go of to follow him fully? The, this rich young ruler came to Jesus to ask him about eternity. And the Bible says that he lets Jesus know about all the good things that he was doing. I think that we're pretty good as, like that as Christians, to let Jesus know about all the good things that we are good at, at doing. He said he hadn't murdered, which is a good place to start. He hadn't committed adultery. He hadn't stolen. He hadn't falsely testified. He was honoring towards his parents, and he, is, and he was loving towards his neighbor as to himself. But instead of congratulating him, Jesus cut right through to the thing that truly had a grip on his heart. He tells him, now sell all your possessions. That's great that you've done all of those things. Now sell all your possessions. Give all your money to the poor. Know that you'll be blessed in heaven because of it. Then come follow me. Because although he had let go of many things, although he had been obedient in the most, of the, most of the areas in his life, he wasn't willing to let go of everything. And what Jesus is telling the rich young man is this. Everything is the only option. If you want to follow me, if you want all that I have for you, if you truly want to be able to leave the past behind and come after me, if you want to live like I have called you to live, everything is the only option. What he owned had so much a grip on his heart that he wasn't able to hold on to what he had and all that Jesus wanted him to become at the same time. And the thing was, it's his, it was his possessions for the rich young man. They had a grip on his heart that held him back from following Jesus fully. And so what is it for you? What are you unwilling to give up today? For all of us, this is a question I ask myself. And it's a question we have to ask ourselves every day. Because every day brings up a new issue. Every day brings up a new thing that has a grip on our hearts. It could be something to do with your thoughts. It could be something to do with your words, your actions, maybe it's your attitude, something to do with the past or the present, or maybe even the dreams that your own dreams that you have for the future. We all have things holding us back from following Him with everything. And why is that so important for us to consider, to look at here this morning? Well, we can allow God into part of our lives, but exclude Him from the parts that really rule our heart. And eventually, it means either following Jesus with everything, or over time, it can come to the point of, just like this rich young man, because we're not willing to give everything to Jesus, and that's not something I can do, that's a line I can't come to, I'm going to do things my own way. You can have all the good intentions, you can do all the good things, you can pray all the right prayers. You can go to all the right conferences and lift your hands and worship. And that's awesome. That's amazing. I congratulate that, uh, you for that. But at the end of the day, it comes down to the reality of following Jesus. Does he have everything? Because like you've heard before in the past, maybe, if he's not Lord of all, then truly he's not Lord at all. And I've seen people follow Jesus in my short time as a pastor. As a youth pastor, it broke my heart 
because young people would come in full of enthusiasm and ready to take on the world and, and, and love what's going on. But it come to a point where you'd be talking to them about something or the Holy Spirit would convict them about something. And they'd say, I'm willing to give you all of this, but I'm not willing to give you this. And we can see people follow Jesus periodically, momentarily, when it's convenient and when everybody else in the room is following Jesus too. But there's just something about someone who has nothing that they are holding on to that is of more value than what they have in following Him. I wonder this morning, do you value following Jesus more than the things that you have in your life? Do you value following Jesus more than the things that you value here on earth? I was with a friend recently, and uh, he's, he's a good guy, and I've been journeying with him for a long time. He's a few years younger than me, and sometimes we just talk about stuff, and that's really awesome. And we're driving in his car, and, uh, you know, he started talking about a few things. I just asked a question, like, how's life? And he said, well, you know, there's a, there's a girl. There's a girl. There's a girl that I've been, uh, that I've been uh, pondering about. I was like, no, I don't know. Tell me more. Tell me more about this lady. And so he tell, t- started to tell me more about this lady and uh, girl, and, uh, and that was awesome, and, and it all seemed really good on the outside and kind of what he was sharing with me, but I really felt the Holy Spirit just kind of prompting me, saying like, oh, there's just something a little bit off. There's something a little bit off, and I'm not into controlling people or telling them what to do, but I am uh, definitely into just sharing with somebody else what the Holy Spirit has, has put on my heart. And so I just, tell, I, I, I just asked them, uh, you, know, uh, you know, what was going on and, and uh, everything like that. And it came to a point that I could kind of feel him kind of like shirking away. And then I asked him the question, do you want me to tell you what I think you want to hear? Or do you want me to say what I think you need to hear? And for a lot of us, we love to hear what we want to hear. We love to hear from God about all the things that are good to us, we are valued to us what will make us comfortable and, and lifted up and enthused. And I love that about the Holy Spirit. He is our encourager. But there comes a point where we've got to allow the Holy Spirit to enter in and to say the things, not what we want to hear, but what we really need to hear. We love to hear about the fatherhood of God. Amen? But we don't like being reminded about the lordship of God, usually. We like knowing about our identity in Christ, which is a good thing. But we may not like to hear about the responsibility that comes with it. We want to be blessed. He wants to be blessed. I want to be blessed. I want to be here about being blessed. I want to read books about being blessed, etc. But so often we don't like the obedience that is required with it. I want to sit with Jesus on the couch. I want to be intimate with him and, and me and him having our moments together. And for, for me to talk about the challenges that I'm facing in life. But usually I'm not so keen on giving him access to the rooms in my life that are down the hall that I've closed off because those are private and personal and too much to give away to Him. You see, we often invite God into our lives as a guest when He really desires to be welcomed in as a resident. Is He a guest in your life or is He a permanent resident? When I invite somebody over to my home, well, Sophie invites people over to our home and I figure out that day that people are coming over to our home. I'll gladly let them in. I'll gladly let people into our home and show them the living room and the, and the bathroom and point to, you know, the things that are going on around the place. And, and that's amazing. But I wonder if you were to invite somebody over to your home and you went into your bedroom or something like that for a little while and you came back out and there was somebody walking around your house 
shifting things, and the couch is over here, and the TV was now over there, and the the the, the door the the, the 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 photo frames, you know, that were on the door that on the wall, they've been taken down and replaced with other ones, you know, and you kind of walk out. I think for all of us, we would say, "Get out of my house! What are you doing? You don't, you don't, you're not allowed to do that." And definitely don't do that when my wife is around, and she will she will fight you. Um, she's amazing, by the way. She's she's awesome. Why? Why? Why would we do that? Well, of course, because we are inviting somebody to visit. Wow. We're inviting somebody to visit on occasion, not to become the permanent occupant. And with Jesus, He's knocking on the door of our hearts this morning. And I really believe the Holy Spirit is going to start to speak to some people here today. And he's asking all of us, am I a guest at your convenience or am I being invited to take full residence? And the truth is most people would rather Jesus as a consultant rather than their king. Is he just a consultant that's giving you good advice or is he a king that has lordship over every step that you take in it? And maybe you're at a place in life where you, you are willing to give everything to follow Jesus, but life has a way of catching up on you. Life has a way of, of, of just becoming, becoming a rhythm. And whether you became that way because you're distracted, other things in life came up. Maybe it's a work thing. Maybe it's a, I don't know, a, 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 a house thing. Maybe it's a project thing. Maybe it's a hobby thing. The things in life do distract us and take us away from following Jesus fully. Maybe it's a discouragement thing. Things haven't just worked out the way that you hoped for. And so putting your full trust in Jesus, following him fully, you just hold back from that because you're like, the last time I did that, I was disappointed because I didn't get what I was believing for. Yeah. Or maybe it's a disgruntled thing. Maybe because it's a relationship with the, a, a pastor or a leader or somebody else. And you say, well, if following Jesus means putting myself in a place of vulnerability with people like that, then that is just a bit too far. And I don't know where you are this morning how you came in and what is going on in your life today. But what I do know is that God can use you while he is working on you. That you don't have to have it all together because following Jesus isn't a matter of having it all together. Amen? Who's glad about that? Who's glad that Jesus can use you while he's... But following Jesus is a matter of giving our lives to him piece by piece. But, for that, for the, but, but that was too much for the rich young man. He wanted to live his life on his own terms and by what, hit, what was convenient to him. Eugene Peterson once said this, following Jesus doesn't get us to where we want to go. It gets us to where Jesus wants to go. And I wonder what's important to you. Getting to where Jesus needs you, wants you to go, or wanted to go where you desire to go on your own. In fact, Jesus said this to his disciples in Matthew 16. 24 to 25, he says, then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of, any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Right there, it's probably a big, like, you're like, whoa, I didn't know that. You know, like, nobody told me that. At the altar call, when I came to the front, or that time I put up my hand to receive Jesus, I didn't mean, I didn't realize that it meant that, but it means to give up your own way, take up your cross, and he says, follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. But our natural inclination as humans is for us to go with the flow. Just go with the, the, the stream of culture. It's like we're, we're okay. And you've got to realize that we are, we're in a, a flow of culture. That naturally that, 
that the flow of culture isn't going to Jesus, it's going elsewhere. And so if you're standing still, it means you're just going with what everything, what everyone else is going with. And I encourage you this morning, don't be stagnant, because if you're stagnant, you're moving far from him, but intentionally take steps to follow him. There were some uh, studies, and I just, I just, you know, just, just saw this one, and um, it's hilarious because uh, there's one of this uh, person, and uh, they, they, they do a test on a person. They go into an elevator, and uh, everybody else in the elevator will be facing the other way. And so the person gets a little bit awkward and kind of, okay, is, uh, and they end up facing the, ele- the way of the elevator too. And they kind of go up, and then the door opens behind them, and then everybody turns around and walks out. And it can sometimes be like it is for us, where we're wanting to go our own way or go with the way that everybody else is going, wanting to go. But for us, we're called to go towards Jesus. In fact, he calls himself the way to and the natural flow of this world is unto self. I want what I can get as fast as I can get it, for as long as I want, when I want it, because this life is about me. But as followers of Jesus, we are called to die to self instead. Paul said this in Philippians 3, 8-9, Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for His sake. I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with Him. No conditions, no compartments, no complacency. It's all towards Him. So I just want to give you three quick things about what it looks like, the cycle of following Jesus and giving Him everything. And it's simply see, sacrifice, and celebrate. That's all it is. It's so simple. And sometimes we just think it's so, so, so hard to attain. I want to let you know this morning, it's not. It's just a cycle that we go through each and every day, each and every year. Because as we draw closer to Him, there's always something else that comes for us to grow closer to Him. And number one, the first, the first one is to see, is to have a revelation of Jesus. We need to have a revelation of Jesus. I don't know when, the, when was the last time you had a revelation of Him. Was it a camp 20 years ago? Was it last Sunday? Was it through the week? But it's our responsibility as, as followers of Him to have a revelation of Him each day, to be in His presence, to not just go through the motions of life, but to draw closer to our Savior. Hebrews 12, 1-2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. How do we do that? Well, verse 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Are your eyes fixed on Jesus? Are they momentarily fixed on Him? Or day by day, are you taking time to look at Him? Because we can either see Jesus and walk towards Him and see Him, have a revelation of Him through the Word and through the presence of God through worship, through coming to church and seeing Him in a new light, or we can gain an understanding of Him through what other people say. But my my prayer for you today is that you would see Jesus for yourself. And that the more you see Jesus, the more you'll see of Him what He wants to do in you. Oswald Chambers once said, when I see Jesus Christ, I simply want to be what He wants me to be. And the more you see Him, the more you can't help but wanting to become 
more like him. Allow him to speak to you. Allow Spend time in his presence. Spend time in his word. Don't go through the motions of life. Be intentional about seeing him. And the amazing thing about it, and I love the scripture, Romans 2, it talks about how his kindness leads us to repentance. It's not just his anger. It's not just that he's a big God who's, you know, who's, 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 who's out there in the distance, but it's his kindness. And the more you see of Jesus, the more you see that he is a loving father that wants to be close to you. Father, the Son, Holy Spirit, working in one to be able to transform us from the inside out. Secondly, it's, it's a sacrifice. Number one, we're going to see him. We're going to see him, and then we're going to sacrifice. To go where Jesus is taking us means leaving the old behind. Now, I encourage us all to let him into the room of your life. Let him into that room. And we've got, we've got, we've got the, the, the home of our lives. And I wonder this morning, maybe you've opened up a few rooms to him, but maybe you've got that room down the hall that you've left locked and haven't allowed him into. Open that up to him and see what he does in your life as you decide this thing that was part of my presence, becoming part of my past, so I can follow him fully in my future. Somebody once said, R.C. Sproul, a great theologian, said the pursuit of God is not a part-time weekend exercise. If it is, chances are you'll experience a part-time weekend freedom. But discipleship requires staying power. We sign up for duration. And you want to know the best part of this whole quote? I love what he says. We do not graduate until heaven. We never graduate until heaven. There's not a part in our lives where we can't see him more and sacrifice more. Because as long as there is breath in our lungs, there is more within us that can become more like him. You might find yourself in a place where you say, well, I've, I've dealt with that. I, I'm, I, I, I'm, I know my word and I, and I go to church and I do all these things. Let me encourage you that there is more to Jesus that he wants to do in you. Because none of us are perfect and we never graduate until we see our Father in heaven. And lastly, it's time to celebrate. And I encourage us all to take a moment when we do see him, see a part of Jesus that we need to become more like. We take that moment to sacrifice that area of our lives and to leave it in the past, to seek repentance and to move on and to become more like Jesus, but then to stop and to actually celebrate, to look back and to realize that what you're doing and what happened in that moment is cause for celebration because the greatest measure of success isn't what you do, isn't what you achieve, isn't what you see, what you find, but the greatest measure of success is how close you become to Jesus. Amen? Ask yourself this morning, what area of my life have I not surrendered to Jesus yet? The rich young man, for him, it was money. It was his possessions. What is it for you this morning that's holding you back from following him fully? It is choosing to be part of God's plan to restore all things, to make us more like him. Not because we deserve it, but because Jesus paid the price for us. Where we accept in His grace, we live in His grace. Yes, it is true. And the more we step into who He has called us to be, the more we are living in that grace that we have. I heard someone once say, without the grace of Jesus, a hopeless end 
with the grace of Jesus and endless hope. That's what we have in Him. That's what we have in Him. That's the encouragement we can take. As you look around this room, we all have an endless hope. If you know Jesus, if you've received Him, our, our hope is secure because our hope is not what happens to us in this world. Our hope isn't what happens in our workplace or in our relationships or uh, whether we gain a position or a title or how, how much we're known. Our hope isn't in that. Our hope is knowing that this is not the end. And the amazing thing is I've been to a few funerals recently. And it's amazing the difference that you see of people that have that endless hope and those that don't. The ones that walk into that auditorium, the, the ones that walk into that funeral home, you can just see in the eyes, knowing that they're coming to this place of celebrating this human life, not because this is the end, but because it's the beginning of eternity. And for all of us today, when we accept Jesus into our lives, that's not the end. That's not the point that we say, well, Jesus, you can take the wheel now. You can take, you can do what, you know, I'm taking the back seat. That's the point of our lives. It's actually the starting line. As we become like Him, we can help others to do the same. Because what this world doesn't need is more opinions. It doesn't need more division. It doesn't need us pointing the finger at each other. Actually, as I've been meeting my elders this week, and we've been talking about this whole COVID situation, and it's pretty crazy, and I hope I can speak on this, uh, if that's all right. But it's amazing to see how something so insignificant in the grand scheme of things can become the thing that has a grip on our lives. And maybe that's for you. Maybe you've taken this whole, what's happening, you know, the, the government sort of thing, and you've made that the major. Let me ask you, what are you talking most about? What are you spending most of your time thinking about? Are you in the presence of Jesus or are you in the presence of your thinking, your thoughts? I'm not here to bash anybody. I'm not here to question your intelligence. I'm sure you are, you, you are intelligent people, no doubt. But my fear is that the more we go down a line that is led by our own feelings, emotions, and intellects, the further we go away from what Jesus has called us to be and do. Let's not be a church. I mean, we've all got different opinions. I love Manchester United. Where's Matt Galloway? He loves Liverpool. We're praying for him this morning. Deliver him in Jesus' name. He needs help. He needs help. What's that? Let's keep our eyes fixed on him. He is the author and perfecter of our faith. And this world needs Jesus. And I'm not saying what, what's, been do, what's been happening in, the, in, in New Zealand or whatever. But what I am saying is that this life is going to end one day. And my desire isn't just to be right in this world, but to ensure that I'm taking people with me to meet their Savior when their time comes at the end of their days. Let's turn our attention back to Him. Let's see Him. I want to see you, Jesus. Take away all the things, distraction, complacency. 
things I've committed to that take my eyes off you. I want to see you. What of me can become more like you? What of you does not have a place in me? Lord, I want to sacrifice because I want to follow you. If something's holding me back, if something's keeping me where I am and it's not drawing me closer to you, break it off my life in Jesus' name. Lord, just thank you. Thank you for what you've done in my life. Thank you that you've set me free. There is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And I can stand before you blameless, not because of my good works, but because of what you did on the cross. I celebrate what you're doing in my life day by day, being conformed into your image. Help me stand, church. I just want to pray for you this morning. But I also want to pray for those that don't know Him. If that's you, and maybe you've been far away from Him for a long time, or maybe you've never made a decision to give your life to Jesus, let me tell you, it's the beginning line of a life that is worth it. And you ask any believer, you ask anybody that knows Jesus, and they'll say, Hey, it's not always perfect, but it is always worth it. So if that's you today, how about we just bow our heads and close our eyes. If that's you today, how about you just lift your hand up. Let me know who I'm praying for. If that's you, you're saying, Jesus, I want to give you my life. I want to commit my future into your hands. I've been doing things my own way, but now I want to do things your way. If you've been missing that peace, that love, that fullness that comes, and living with Him, let me ask, let me tell you, it's only, it's only, it's only a, 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 a moment asking for Him to come and to take place in your life. If that's you, anybody here today? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, how about I pray for you, church? How about you reach out your hands or whatever you need to do? Lord, I just thank you for everybody that's here. Lord, we just commit our lives into your hands. And we just pray, Lord, that you begin to move within us. Lord, we want to see you. Lord, we want to sacrifice what is not of you so we can follow you fully. And I just pray, Lord, that for everybody here that would go out knowing that everything is the only option. Lord, we don't want to turn away from you just because it's inconvenient. Lord, we don't want to turn away from you just because other people are doing that. But Lord, we want to give you our whole lives. The rest of our days, we commit them to your hands. Lord, help us, empower us. Holy Spirit, be with us as we do what we can do to be able to share your good news with all of those around us. Lord, we commit our future into your hands. We bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. And we all said, Amen. 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 Come on, let's thank the Lord.